Hi, I'm Hashem Montasser, and thank you for listening to the Lighthouse Conversations. We're on a short break for the new year, and we'll be back in January with brand new episodes. In the meantime, I wanted to share one of our favorite episodes from 2022. This is my conversation with Dubai's TV chef extraordinaire, author, and restaurateur, Mohammed Orfali. I spoke to Orfali about his time at Fatafit and his journey in opening Orfali Bros, now a world-recognized and celebrated restaurant. Welcome to the Lighthouse Conversations, a show featuring entrepreneurs and tastemakers from the worlds of art, culture, tech, and of course, food. I'm your host, Hasha Montasser. I'm joined today by celebrity TV chef, author, and restaurateur, Mohammed Orfali. Orfali had his breakthrough in 2011 when he joined Fatafit, the region's first dedicated food channel, which was launched by Lighthouse friend, Yusuf Eldeep. Today, Orfali is the showrunner of the popular restaurant Orfali Bros, which he operates with his brothers Wasim and Omar, both classically trained pastry chefs. They've won multiple awards since opening just a year ago, including ranking number six on the inaugural Mena's 50 Best List and appearing in Dubai's inaugural Michelin Guides for the Big Gourmand Award. So I sat down with Orfali to unearth it all, his journey with Fatafit, how he found his food identity, so to speak, and of course, the burning question on everyone's mind. What makes a really good Molochia? Because Mohammed, welcome. We're so happy to have you with us today. I am honored to have you on this podcast. Thank you. Likewise, Wallah, Hashem. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's an honor to be with you. It is. Honestly, it's my honor. You are a friend, but also someone uh, really we, we are very proud of, as I told you the other night when we came to your lovely restaurant. And I want to start with probably the most important question, which is Molochia. I feel we have to we have to start with Molochia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we need to understand. Uh, we we were joking about Molochia and uh, whether you have a Molochia dish on your menu, whether you plan to have a Molochia dish on your menu, or I'm just going to throw this out there: we can have and do a Molochia dish for us. <laughs> Everybody wants Molochia. So before yeah. we start the Molochia wars, tell us your view on Molochia. You know Molochia. Uh... It's an, sometimes an acquired taste. Yes, very much there so. Is, some people, they love it, they love it. Some people, like, they really, you know, they hated it. They're like, they never, like, even, like, they, they think to, to try Molochia. I remember when myself, when I was a kid, I really don't like it. Why not? Because of the sliminess of the Molochia. I really don't, like, feel like, oh, I want to eat Molochia. And it's very strong flavors when it's come to, like, you know, the coriander garlic on it. And I don't understand it as a kid. So one of the things, one of the challenges was, you know how I can take the malukhia and turn the look and look the how it looks like. Mm. Okay, mm. I don't know. I'm always thinking like, why we eat the malukhia with chicken, or you know sometimes rabbit as like right. in, in Egypt, yeah, or or was was lamb because in, in Aleppo we we make it even yeah, sometimes yeah. was kebab, yeah, yeah. kebab stuff was 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 yeah. pie nuts. Yeah, meat of sorts or chicken. Or... And then like some of them they making it green, some of them they making it dried. Like you know Lebanon, Syria, they always like you know mulukhia for us should be like you know should be dried and should be like not slimy at all. Yeah, and ours is a soup. Yeah, we go to Egyptian side and and Palestinian side like it should be green and fresh. And if it's not slimy, is that something wrong with it? Like as Egyptian, but at the end there are the, the coriander uh, and, and the garlic that's like you know what's make mulukhia different so i felt like you know i think garlic coriander go uh, more with fish mm. more than than chicken more than than uh, let's say lamb 
And one of my cooking shows, I did something called "Where is the Meluchia?" <laughs> when in Meluchia? <laughs> Because it looks like it doesn't no, look no, like Meluchia. Uh, uh, no, so like, I so I don't mind to put it in Orfani Brost menu. Um, to be honest, it's a delicious recipe. I did two versions where like one is like more like soup, and uh, it's blended with garlic, coriander, and then I serve it with hamour. Usually, we eat it with in, in mainly in Levant with. Uh, onion and vinegar. Yes, correct. So I turned it also as a garnish. Thinly chopped, hundred percent. Yeah. The other, other, the other one. It was more Scandinavian. Let's say the inspiration when it comes to how I, if I keep the molokhia raw, how how the, the taste would will be, and it was good. And then I did it like more with like you know umami dashi molokhia. It's more you know sophisticated, and both of them they are delicious. But like you know from one ingredient, I did two dishes <laughs> that are different than each others. And I feel this really speaks to the ethos of what you've done, which I I honestly find, and I know many others find remarkable. Number one, when I look at Dubai to start with, there was not when we think about Arab food, Middle Eastern food, Middle Eastern ingredients, we think about typically. More traditional restaurants, traditional Lebanese mostly or Lebanese Syrian, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And what you just said about the malukhia, I think to me summarizes some of your philosophy. You've taken a lot of these ingredients that come from this part of the world, the Levant broadly, call it the Mediterranean, and you are able to turn it into something different, and without making it fussy. Because fussy yeah. is also not that interesting. It's, it's messy, like no. It's 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 not fussy. It's messy. It's accessible, but it has a huge amount of sophistication and a huge amount of flavor because of the ingredients. Yeah. Was this always your style? Because you were trained classically. I re I really don't know. Okay. You need memories. I think right. you know most of the chefs like you know they work and you know they're telling you this is my style. This is the way I work. But it's it's all about memories. So when it's come to the mulukhiye, like. The, the the biggest challenge was for me, you know, uh, searching and content because I used to be a TV chef. So every right. every year I have a show, I have to to you know come up with new ideas, hundred percent. And then I start like thinking in in different let's say perspective. Why I'm taking in these things and turn it to something different? Most both. Is that maybe the right the you know the way we eat? This, let's say things. Is it that correct? But I want to just stop here. What made you go in that direction? I mean, the easy direction is you can be an excellent. I'm going to push so a many, bit. So many inspiration. Yeah, yeah. You can be an excellent chef that yeah. does very traditional, beautiful dishes, and people still love your food. Why did you feel you needed to take something? And as you said, I can see this and in your work, it's like an artist. You know, you. You would, the memories matter, and the history matters, and I think, and and this is going to something I want to cover in a little bit. But you were saying on your website as well, one of your blogs, that obviously being Syrian and that heritage of food is very important to you, and it's something you want to preserve, and that shows in some of your work. But what makes you want to shake it up? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious. It's not like in ideas. Some, like I told you, like you know, it was in searching content. I wanted, mm. I wanna, I wanna do something different than others. I don't want to be like you know the the classic chef. Yes. Uh, I decide, you know, to do something modern. I did so many mistakes. Of course, we all did, and I learned from that mistakes. So first of all, don't play with traditional foods. Mm. Interesting. So if I call it, this is malukhiya, where like people they look at it visually. This is not malukhiya. So that's why I call it. Where is the malukhiya? <laughs> so there is no malukhiya. Where is the malukhiya? Yeah, yeah. Or where is my malukhiya? Yeah.
Walk us through that journey from a, a chef that's working in a hotel. What brought you to Tafatafit? How did that jump happen? That's a big jump. Well, it's a long story when it's, gone, when it's come to Tafatafit. How did it start? It started like with one email. I sent it to Yusuf Al-Dib. Who's a friend of the show and a friend of the lighthouse. You know, one of, of the, the masters, the mentor as well for me, like when it's come to, to, to you know, to be a TV chef. And so, where did he find you? Um, it was, I don't like, Fatafit, it was in 2006. They mm. start like, you know, promote the channel. And I felt like, you know what? I love that channel. So you applied. It started like, you know, I, I'm a good researcher. I, I love, I love to, you know, to, to do my research. I can you know? see that. So I did that. And then I found one Kuwaiti blogger. She... Said like you know there is a channel that's gonna happen soon. It's called Fatafit. It's something like Food Network in in US, and the only cooking channel in Middle East. And it was something like for me, wow! Finally, we have something like you know that in the, gonna be in Arabic. So I researched. I find an email. I took that email. I you know write down hi. I'm my name is Muhammad Rafali. I'm from Aleppo. And I used to work with a Shia group. And I would love to do you my- You were in Kuwait at the time? In the, in the Kuwait. Yeah. And then I would love to do my cooking show. Uh, and that's it. Wow. You, ha you got seven the reply days, back. Yeah, seven days later on. And then I found like email from Yusuf Al-Dib. <laughs> so like, oh, let's meet on, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in Kuwait. I don't remember the date, but let's, let's do like, you know, let's meet there. And then the first time I met Yusuf and he looked at me, so what do you do? So I'm a chef. He looks like, yeah, I know you wear you wear a chef jacket. And you came for the, you know, I was I was wearing chef jacket in that in that interview, and then he looked at me like, I don't know if you are good in camera or not, but sounds you are a chef, not a TV chef. And then he told me like, okay, write down uh, your idea. I'm going to have another interview with other chef, and then we'll back to you. What did you think Yusuf saw in you? Out from your perspective, I, I was <laughs> I was young and that time, and it felt like you know, Yusuf love, you know, the guys who have talent or like people who like want to do something. Yeah, no, you have the enthusiasm, but it's not everybody makes a shift from because to your point, I mean, yeah, TV chef, it's entertainment. It took from me five years to 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 join them. It took five years, absolutely. Mm. He back to me and then say like he introduced me to the team, guys. This is the first chef we're gonna sign with us. And Muhammad will be, uh, you know, uh, in Dubai soon. And then I was like surprised and shocked what he's talking about. Amazing. He told me like he like he looks like a chef. He not be like you not be. He looks like not the guy on, on TV. And then he second uh, after half an hour, he told me like, oh, congratulations, let's sign the contract. <laughs> now you might remember that when I spoke to Fatafit founder Yusuf Adib, he talked about his mission to cultivate regional food talent under Fatafit. That mission led him to meet Orfali in Kuwait. You know, we had to have relevance. We didn't yes. be like Food Network. So Arab chefs. So we launched or Arab chefs, many, 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 like I, about a dozen, let's say. And how did you go about to find them? Your guess is as good as mine. Sometimes it was just an email that we got. Like Hamad um, Orfali was working as a chef in Kuwait. And I, one of my trips to Kuwait, I met him in the lobby of the Crown Plaza. And, uh, <laughs> and you were like, sure. Send me something. Let me see. Let's do a test. And, you know, he I, I flew in. I tell him on camera and he expected like some big test. And I said, can you make an omelet? Because it wasn't about the food. It's about the personality. People don't watch the food. They watch the personality. They put the camera in his hand and say like, okay, yalla, you know, cook. So like, what are they going to cook? It was no studio, huh? nothing. It just, it just wasn't in a green room. 
And they start like, just talk. I want to see you like on the camera. <laughs> and then like I start like, hi, how are you? My name is Mohamed Orfali. I'm going to cook for you, Ajay, today. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, perfect. Sign the contract. If it like sign the contract, what? Like, is that true? Like, you know, Smiling. I was at the I time, I don't understand a even kid. like, is that going to happen or not? A kid. So uh, I was a bit picky. And the good, the good things, you know, I didn't start it with them immediately. It took from me four years, four to four, four five years to, to join Fatafit. What What was the hesitation during that time? Yani, why didn't you join I felt them? like I'm not ready to be on the camera. Okay. So you knew yourself. You needed you to prepare more. I don't want to be, you know, again, other chef on TV. You wanted to be the chef on TV. Yeah, and talking about, you know, always, this is food, this is the way we're making it healthy, it's easy, it's light. And I felt like, you know, like, I want people like talk about more about food. Let's just make it more messy. Like, and you tell me about, like, how I eat this one, like, in a good way. I don't want to look like, you know, to the chef on the, on the, on the camera, tell me how to make the food healthy and light. What's very interesting is, you know, hardcore chefs, would typically, yani, TV to me is entertainment at the end of the 100%. day, right? So for you to be able to straddle these two, and we're going to go back eventually starting your own restaurant, that's not very easy because 100%. I would imagine your average chef today that's very well known on television is not necessarily the same chef you want to open a restaurant. Leno. It's true. You know, they learn to just be very theatrical, which is what's required on TV. I told you, I was not much ready to be on TV. I don't have much information. And then I felt like I have to study more about who I am. And even in, in that moment, I don't know who I am. My food identity wasn't that clear. Yes, that's very interesting. And then the TV take me back to Aleppo. Because Yusuf is insist to be like, you know, you have to make your show. You have to make your show. Yeah. And I was like scared, like what do I have to do? Start going back to your roots. hundred percent. So I start like research, you know, do more research about my roots. Because in that time I was doing uh, Halabi restaurant. Exactly. It was a shaya. And then Yusuf, he thought like, you, you're so proud about your cuisine. And I think your show should be Anna Halabi. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, this I am from Halabi started, yeah. yeah. Anyway, emails goes vice versa with uh, Fatafit and Youssef. And I felt like, you know, I don't want to do, I, I don't want to do it. And then he was super angry from me. Like, why? Like, you know, you don't want to be a famous Fatafit. So the time where, like, I was really, you know, confused. I don't know what I want to do, what I have to do, where I go. Because I want my plan was to go to work with Michelin star chef or go to France to, to continue. Thank like, God you didn't. I did, I did. Oh, you did? Okay. I did, I did. I, I, come, I, I come back. Thank God you came back. <laughs> Self-thought chef, it's more stronger than you go to culinary school. Mm. Culinary schools are important. You need the basic, you need the fundamental. Mm. But once you're done from there, what are you going to do? You need you know, more food and, and chef and inspiration and memories and so many things like, you know, to build yourself. And then Yusuf decide like, you know what, let's do your cookbook first. Let's do Anna Halabi. And I felt like, okay, that's cool. And he told me like, your book will be the first show on, the, on, the, on, on TV. So make your book first and then we'll start with your cooking show. And when we did it, 2009, I cooked my cookbook in his house and we shoot it there and then every every day like oh my god look at that food man you should make it a, your own your own show done it's very interesting he had very yeah. good commercial instincts huh yeah 
And then 2011, Yusuf came to me and listen, take it or leave it. And you took it. Yeah, then join us as like, you know, executive chef of the channel. We want someone uh, with your experience to, you know, to uh, manage the, the operation of the studio. We're like, we have kitchens, we have so many kitchens, we have a team, but we need a chef background to like, you know, to organize the, these things. And we have magazine, we have so many things to work with, like, you know, uh, to work on and uh, join us. How was that experience? It was for me like uh, disaster the first time. Kid, it's very different. Like, experience. Very different experience. You like, people you know, really more than anything else. Yeah. Well, like no, but the different background. Mm. You know, like I'm I'm a chef. Where like yeah, yeah, I used yeah. to like you know uh, in your kitchen and do your food. My, and, and, people and, and then like, yeah, messy and studio and production and. So the time I joined them in 2011, the first show it was I remember that, and the first episode was on the 3rd of July, 2011. So. People loved that show, and Halabi, I hate it, because I felt like... <laughs> it boxed I, you in. It was like, you know, like the first experience for me, I was like really shy. I don't know what to do, want to do. Like that, they told me like, you should not watch your shows until it's, you know, we 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 complete the the shoot to the end. You know, you don't, you need to watch anything. Yeah, yeah, it's like actors with their movies. I mean, you 100%. know. 100%. So yeah. I did that, and I promised them, like, you know, I'm not going to watch myself until like we finish. And then the, the first time I, I saw my face my face in the camera, yeah, I started laughing in, in myself. <laughs> what, yeah, what I'm doing? Is that is that me? Is that is that yeah. right? What I'm yeah. doing? Yeah. But people loving it. They love it. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, from there, we you know we, now we have 15 cooking shows. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. And are you still involved with them? Absolutely. Yeah. You still are. Yeah, yeah. And and now that you have your own restaurant. I mean, you know, how how do you manage? It's like when I back again when I started with Fatafit as executive chef, mm. from like restaurant background to media business, it was, was like, oh my god, they don't, they don't even like working in the office. I was like very confusion for me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but well, we did you know great job. You know, we work hard you know, on so many things, and I used to work like you know. Uh, 12, 14, 16 hours sometimes per day. To a lot of yeah. people, that has been their first introduction to Arabic food, Arab chefs. You know, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they, they were really not, we didn't have these glossy cookbooks that you have in the US and in Europe. 100%. We didn't have, but this was an accessible way to understand. Even the shows. But that's what I mean. And, and Yusuf have, like, you know, have the, uh, Yusuf, Darin, they have the vision where we don't want to use gloves and it's an example. Yeah. Where, like, we're cooking for hours. So, like, you have to be, like, real. Yeah. And then most of the cooking shows in Arab world, like, you see the chef wearing gloves and hairnet. I don't know why. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I feel like if you cook for yourself at home, you you wear that. You don't thing. wear any so, of the stuff. Absolutely. So, like, let's make it, like, more homey, more easy, more, like, you know, more real. And it was. And it was. And, it was for me like you know uh, it changed my, my life when we come back i talked to orfali about his evolution from tv chef to restaurateur and how his syrian heritage and turkish roots continue to inspire him that's right after the short break welcome back i'm hasha montasser and you're listening to the lighthouse conversations with our guest muhammad orfali when I was doing my research, I can see very clear evolution and confidence rising, which is normal as, you, as you're getting more mature. But so you did it literally in front of the cameras. What did you learn from that period in your view? I mean, did it give you more confidence? Because when you're doing this live yeah. on a stage, it's very different than your 
chef that is cooking in the kitchen. So, so what did that teach you about yourself and about your um, evolution in terms of uh, being a chef? Look, uh, working in the front of the camera, it's an easy, and at the same time, it's not. Matbakh al-Mu'asir, the, the modern cuisine in 2014, took from me one year research. One year research. Mm. And experiment and trial and errors and trials. Like, you know, so many things happen, uh, uh, you know, uh, because I want to do the Arabic modern way. And then I did so many, you know, experiment on, on, on Fatafid. So Fatafid, give me the, give me like, you know, the opportunity to do that. And, you know, I did, I told you, I did so many Akid. mistakes. Akid, who doesn't? Yeah. But I'm wondering, did that give you the confidence to stand, start with your uh, brothers, your own restaurant? The fact that you felt at that point you had created a, a formula, you know, for modern uh, um, Middle Eastern food, if you will, or modern Arabic food, because it's a very unusual formula. For me, our fire process is not modern that much. We're still like, you know. I think it's, a it's definitely it's a easy. modern take on on a lot yeah, of dishes. So many, so many things, yeah. But this is the way, you know, I'll tell you something. We started from uh, our fire bros master classes when... Was when I bring my brothers here, when they start like you know thing. It was a dream to be uh, to be honest to be together. Kid. and and the first the first thing is it was very difficult to work with the brothers as well because three like, brothers, three well. brothers, and a different you know everyone have different perspective you know and different specialization, right? They are, they are both of them into are, pastries. They're pastry, and you do everything. And else. And we never work together. Yeah, until 2015, so like I came up with something. So like let's do something together. Let's do a master classes. Let's like you know. Uh, it's not going to be cost us that much. Are you much. the oldest? I'm the oldest. Okay, that helps. And then, <laughs> and that, but we're going to start it right. Mm. So I told him, like, before we start, you know, to promote about our uh, master classes, we should film videos, we should make in things, we have to make, you know, like a small uh, booklet where, like, the student who will come to our master classes will get, like, nice small book about you know the recipe the the pictures and everything i was thinking like you know uh, the media background were yeah, like yeah. with like you know what you know uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. and then the time we <laughs> started filming the, the stuff and the, the recipe is like big fight between you between me and my brothers mm. because they are chefs mm. and wasim is like uh, very picky and then he want to do things like you know uh, <laughs> he's picky and you're stubborn <laughs> like, like no I'm, I'm no i mean like uh, we have you know we we book the studio yeah. we four days doing things and then we have no content you know, there is no content and i want how we can promote it because it's I, like it's like a band coming together 100 and then you start like you know you have to listen to me. You have to focus, and let's do it one by one. We slowly start to come. Hundred percent. So the first, the first one, it was a bit difficult. Like you know, even like who's gonna talk? Who's gonna stop? He? Who's gonna do that? So we did it, and then we learned from that. The first master glass was really good, and people loving it. And I felt like this is gonna be something. So the second, the third. And we continue more and more, and then everyone asking us why you guys you don't have a Your restaurant, own restaurant. Mm. Or, uh, or, the, or the or the pastry boutique. And I would love to go and have coffee and your dessert or something. And so I start thinking about like you know why not taking this to to restaurant. What year did this idea come come to mind? 2017, 18, okay. or something like okay. that. And we decided to make it bistro. So we're like, you know, we have coffee and dessert and at the same time we have food. For us, it's like, or Fatty Bros, a modern 
I don't want to see it Middle Eastern concept. I don't see it Middle Eastern concept. It's not a Middle Eastern concept. Yeah, people like, okay, it's like he's taking in Syrian food with a twist, which is not. No, it's not Syrian twist, but as you know, people want to categorize, right? Yeah. I mean, people, it makes it easier for them. And this is like the biggest problem for yeah, us. Yeah, you know, they want to go to the Japanese restaurant. They want to go to the... 100%. And you guys fit enough for it to become Arab modern. The chef, no, is it chef-driven concept? 100 percent but you're doing what you like yeah and then we serve the food that we love to eat uh, of course we have to show people our route you know yeah. who we who we are uh, at least with a few dishes and that's what we did also because you have now a history i mean and a documented history on television and so on so i think people also took that into it you know there was already a history with your book your shows etc yep. that i think when you did the restaurant people think of it as a continuation i look at it as all of that history was a platform to do something different. But the Kamani restaurant is new. Yani it takes a bit of time for... With the name of the restaurant as well. Masbol. When the people think Orfali, they, they think about Kebab Orfali. Exactly. Or like, you know, it should exactly. be like a Turkish, Arabic, or like a Syrian. Why did you decide to, to call it that, knowing I'm sure that this would happen? I mean, to your point, and talk us a little bit about how these names happen, like a name like Kebab Orfali, because I don't think people understand the history yeah. behind some of those names. Our name, you know, originally we are from Urfa, a city where like belong to Turkey right now, where before it belonged to Syria. Our family, a bit famous. And then uh, after the Facebook happened, I find like we are a big family where like there is Orfali in Iraq, Orfali in Lebanon, Orfali in Syria, Orfali in Turkey, Orfali in, in, in Egypt, Orfali in Argentina, Orfali, I don't know, like it's a big, <laughs> Lots of like, really like a big family. So the names come from Ufa, an artistic name, I don't know, it's Orfali, it has nice sounds. People, they think it has a beautiful Italian, sound. Italian. But my point is, as you have said, and you say it yeah. on your uh, on your website as well, is that a lot of uh, dishes are named by yani or fali kebab, masalan. So, so this is something. Uh, it's a it's a association that people have. It gives you that to your point. I mean, you know, Middle Eastern or Syrian. It's hard for you to see the name or fali and not think of that. Maybe for some people, that's what I'm trying to say. For Turkish, there are a bit confusion because uh, or fali with you, not with all. I see. So they don't see it that much Turkish. Uh, the Banese Syrian, they see it like you know kebab or fali, and both of us, we don't know, we know nothing about kebab or fali. <laughs> <laughs> really? They will ask me, like, what is kebab or fali? Just like meat and salt. <laughs> like the kebab halabi as yes. well. Like, it's like, you <laughs> know, like, what is kebab halabi? Uh, it's just meat and salt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, uh, simplify. Yeah. I love so it. So, fali is, is, you know, the sound is like uh, musical a little bit. And we call it pros because, like, the brothers. And uh, we still, so many people are asking us until now what type of cuisine you are. How do you describe it? You are chef-driven concept, modern. We represent Dubai. We have food for everyone. And uh, to be honest, if you put yourself in one uh, cuisine category, you will limit it yourself. In our fibers, we have no limitation. If I want to do mulukhiya, I can do mulukhiya. If I want to do Japanese things, I can do Japanese things. And you now, are. And the new you menu, are yeah, the new menu is coming soon. There yeah. is so many things from, you know, uh, Spanish, Peruvian, yeah. and Korean. But even the current menu. Yeah. I and mean, I was there last week, and, and you know, it's really from all over. You're taking different concepts. We're making it, we're making it as much we can, Orfali. So whatever we serve in Orfali bros, only in Orfali bros. There's so many directions I can see this brand, and it's a new brand. But mashallah, it's already built a great 
name and reputation. And to me, what I loved about it from day one, it sits on a solid foundation. It, it really does. That's what matters. So to me, and I was telling you, I don't see necessarily it has to be any. It could be, uh, or Fali Bros 15 locations, but it could also go in different directions because you have a media background, a very creative background. You guys do different things as, as brothers. How do you envisage this? If I, if I would ask you to dream, if I give you a blank check today. Let me take day off first and then we'll talk about <laughs> <laughs> Since we opened, I didn't date uh, one day off. La, I believe it. You have Fatafit and then I see you every night, every time the, I'm there. The, and all my friends when they're there, you're there. The only seven days I took, it was like I had COVID and I stayed at home. But yeah. it wasn't that really good to think about Salamta, something yeah. else. We're busy, like, you know, we're getting busy more and more, and then I don't know what I'm going to do. Really, I, I'm like, I'm thinking about myself, what I can do for the, for the future. Yeah. Um, I don't think Sour Fibros will be two and three or mm. somewhere else. We think Sour Fibros will be one and only. If I want to do something else, it will be a different concept, different name. Is it because you don't want to, I, I, I think with you, one of the things, and I'm sure your brothers as well, it's the creativity and wanting to change. Yeah, and you told me you've changed the menu three times already since you opened. Yes, and number four is coming soon. Num yeah, you told me this is very unusual. Yeah, yeah, people don't, and it's not because it's not working. Not completely, completely, but we, you know, because the f the first time, yeah, I did, I did it like you know, completely. But people get angry from us because he bring his mom, his wife, yeah. his girlfriend to try something, and then it's not in the menu. I came when we f when you first opened, and I came last week, and there was 20, 30 percent the same. But yeah. a lot of new dishes and, and a lot of things that were removed. You think because of maybe uh, your TV experience, you feel the need to constantly create? Or is it w what drives this constant change? Sometimes like, you know, regular customers, like, you know, if they're, if you've been there like for five, six, seven, eight times, you need something new. But to make specials. With my small kitchen, a small mm, restaurant, it's, hard. it's really hard to do that. Really, really hard. I think you also like to create things. Yeah, I want to. I would. I would tell you something. This is what. This is our minimum. What we're doing in our five rows. Um, this is my minimum. The limitation that we have in that concept, the space. Mm. And we try to do. You know, to be smart. Uh, I try to be. You know, to minimize my wastage. I have zero waste, almost zero waste. I manipulate the ingredients and different technique, different things. You like to have like one ingredient. Use everything. Hundred percent, and then. I have like only two single fryers, one single grill. Yeah, I see it. Four gas burner it's and my my pizza oven is like only for one p day. <laughs> what I can do in that concept, and then we serve in the same time. You know, sometimes thirty to forty people. But that probably gave you a certain discipline as well. Hundred percent. Right? I remember did. our first kitchen here. Sorry about that. Was a tiny kitchen, and I have to say I was very proud of of our chefs because they made it work and. It's challenging. It remains challenging until today, but it gave a certain discipline that I think if we had told them here, you have everything, yeah. it's harder to do. I'm sure you would love to have a bigger kitchen next time or a different Absolutely. concept. Absolutely. <laughs> By the way, my, my kitchen bigger than my dining room. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> I think I that. The first kitchen yeah. in Dubai where like, my kitchen bigger than dining room, but still small. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. For the next concept, will be bigger kitchen. It's more bigger kitchen. Like give you like you know storage time. You know like, everything is not about kitchen storage. No, no, kitchen efficiency, space, and uh, yeah, you can do th different things. If you have imagine like if I have charcoal grill and or fibros, we'll do so many things, but you can't do it right now. Talk to me a little bit about what you said earlier about marrying your menu with your desserts. 
desserts in Dubai is a tricky concept because I think there's a certain understanding of what people like. And and uh, I we at least my experience has been it can be challenging, and you come not only the dessert the food as well the, the menu like well. you know like the, the food as well Akid everything is challenging yeah. but I want to zoom in desserts because it's a specialty obviously that you guys have, and your brothers are classically trained in terms of their desserts. What how have you managed to to work out this challenge? You know, of people wanting more kind of simple things, if you want to call them that, you know, in some ways, yep. the simple pies, etc. And then you're doing something a bit more um, sophisticated, let's call it. It goes over people's heads. And uh, we try as much we can to not have the same thing, the same cliche, let's say, that you find it in everywhere in Dubai. Mm. And then we try to match also what people do want. Mm. And then we know this now, like, you no, know, like the pistachio one, the taste of Aleppo, this, like, you know, everyone loving it. Yeah, absolutely. I love uh, it. Very rare to find, like, you know, someone they say, like, oh, I didn't, it's not my style. The chocolate one was great as well. Chocolate one, definitely. You know, everything. Even the food. Imagine, like, 160, 160 nationalities or more. Yeah. We're like, they're going to come and dine in your restaurant. Like your famous burger. I don't think it was on the menu when you first started. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the burger was like, you know, a bit challenging for me. Like, yeah. you know. Uh, it's become I, now, I, you I, know. I really don't want to serve burger in the restaurant. Sure, you didn't. Most like, chefs from, don't. From, from, my, from my heart, like, you know, like, I want to I wanna stop doing burger. But, but uh, say, your customer wants it. But I think they might, they might no, come no, after the, you today if you're taking you the burger away. The, the corn avocado salad, the mexicana. Yeah. And uh, the cheeseburger saved my business. It's incredible, huh? Yeah, this is the reality. But I love that about you. Yani, honestly, there is a pragmatism. Yani, other chefs, frankly, because you called yourself stubborn, and I disagree. Because another chef I'm not, would say, I'm not, you know say I'm not stubborn. And when, when it's come to the business and certain things, I'm stubborn in my ideas. Like, but okay, but if yeah. you were really, but I'm stubborn, flexible. When it's come, like, you know, if you are not flexible, you yeah. could say, you know what? I don't care what they want. I don't want to do a burger. I'm not going to do a burger. If that's what they want, you will add it to the menu because it sells. Yeah, it's, business, it's a business at the yeah. end of the day. And you constantly have to find this balance. And I think it's burger bring everyone on the table. Like, like if because the menu, uh, the naming of the of my or the you know the items in the menu, bit some of them not familiar. So they go to the burger because they know that it's gonna be familiar. So, familiar. Let's say like. Let's have a burger. It's easy. And we try like as much we can, you know. There are so many things on the menu that it has a weird name, like guess what? And no one ordered it. Unless like you go to the, the table till I'm like, you have to try this. It's good. It's amazing. Please give it a try and then let me know how, how it's gonna be. And some people even like I reached to the point, like, you know, if you don't like it, guys, don't pay. Just try it. But your give staff does an amazing job, by the way, by explaining. Yeah. Uh, and it's challenging because, as you said, you have things on the menu that is not, it's not obvious. It's not like cheeseburger. Yeah. And it needs explanation. It needs context. And they really do a great job, in my view, putting together that context. So that if you are curious, like someone like you, like me, I want to try new things. I, I'm coming to, you know, the burger is fantastic. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But said, so, no, I'm coming because I know how talented you are and I want to... But if they don't give me the context, yani the storytelling element is very important, and and you do it really well. This is like what like, our five boss. We tell story. Yeah, we get you know let people to get inspired, and we get inspired of them from 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 others. And I don't want to just serve the food on the table. You know, go eat. No, let, we tell you how that works because when you say you one of the example, Imam Bayalde, Imam Bayalde, the Imam vein, like you know the the famous. Uh, Almost like national Turkish dish. Yeah. Well, it's not Imam Bayalde. 
But I love I like the way we plated or like uh, presented as Imam Bayade, but it's not Imam Bayade. So I have to tell you the story, wh how that's come from, where they, you know, how the we did fantastic. it. Story is fantastic. Yeah, so like, and then I would, I'm gonna turn it to Orfali Bayade because I <laughs> because it's delicious <laughs> and and I fall down because for, with the first bite. We we make it more personal. Yeah, our food has personality. That's why I have to be there. That was going to be my question because. You had said earlier that you think, you think, you never know, but you think it'll be one or Fali Bros. And I was going to ask you, if you are not there, do you think it would work the same way or not? If Hashem comes in, I don't know the owners, I don't know the Orfali brothers, I don't know. I just went to a restaurant that I heard is really good. And you have your team, let's say a, a manager. Would you think it would, or do you feel the, that you have to be there yourself? In the beginning, yes. Now I I have the confidence to say the team that can, can take on. Take of course, that's great. That's course. a great uh, testament. And I don't know if success. you realize that or not. We are we are all wearing the same things, so you don't know who's the manager, who's the waiter, who's the bathroom, who like who's the chef. They are like they are all all yes. same. Yes. And and that's what makes my concept different. You know, like sometimes the manager goes to your table and you think like he's like one of the waiters. He's not. He's the manager. And uh, they are very well trained. And then every day we spend hours, like, you know, how to tell a story. And then now the time that the guys ask me, like, if what if, like, one of the table, like, they are regular customers and they, they have been there more than, than three, four times? We have to tell them. Tell them your story. <laughs> <laughs> Why is storytelling so important? To is our... it because food is emotional? Absolutely. It's make it different. Like, imagine, like, I serve you something, you know no, nothing about it, and it looks like something different, and then you eat it, you don't, it's confusing you. So like for us, fusion is very confusion. This is like the biggest challenge for us to tell people we are not fusion. Yes. They, they still think like, or fatty bros, a modern the Arab fusion, fusion with a twist, which is not. The it's word like, twist it's, is it's very, it's very personal. You know, I think of it, I, I collect art, and I collect yeah. um, um, Arab art and um, contemporary modern art, mostly. And your, it reminded me the first time of some of the artists that I love, who, you know, and there's many, but yeah, you'll mention a few, you know, Akram Zantari and Hasim Harba and others. And they took, many of them work with archival images. They take them, they manipulate them, they appropriate them, and they change them into a piece of art that's theirs. Yeah. I felt very much the same feeling, honestly, at your restaurant. You took the ingredients, you took, in some cases, maybe a, an existing dish or not. You took it, you appropriated it, you molded it into your own view and created something that's more than one plus one equals two. Very powerful. Honestly, very, very powerful. 100%. We not reinvent the wheel. I think you're creating your own language. I, I like Japanese way when they took things and they, they perfected it a yeah. little bit. So like the H one, the, the, the spicy burger tabbouleh, the one we eat it with yes. the leaves. It's an, uh, I don't know how long, this recipe I think belonged to Assyrian culture. We're talking about 600 years old. And then Turkish, they have it. Syrian, we have it. Armenian, we have it. And how we can bring them all together and we, we make food no more war. But also I work on the textures. I want like and the intensity of uh, the chilies there, and then how I can how I can add more umami on it. So our my food and all our desserts. We're talking about layers and textures and seasoning, and that's what make it different. Do you care about the fact that some of these ingredients are precious ingredients? Many of them come from places, including Syria, 
that may no longer be able to produce them. I mean, this came up when we went to see you for dinner. We're talking about pistachio and others. Is there maybe a subconscious element of preserving, you know, things that you feel may no longer be here? I mean, a lot of these places, Syria, Lebanon, we can name many, unfortunately, this part of the world, that are now at war and conflict. And I remember thinking, you know, this may not be, you were talking yourself about how difficult it is today in the supply chain yeah. to get some of these crops. Is that something that, that matters to you? Of course. Or would you just easily uh, replace uh, Syrian pistachio for another country? I can, I can go it? more in a more closer, like if it's not available, I go to the Turkish one because it's you know, the closest one to us. And, and then for us as, you know, restaurants should be consistent. And this is like what is important because every time you have to come back and then eat the same things. So if the, we don't find the, the pistachio from Aleppo, we can get it from Antap, the Turkish one. Sometimes I use alternative things from Turkey where like they are very close to, to Halab, exactly for Halab. You know, I'm talking about the the cities were like, you know, uh, very close to us, which is Antab, Urfa, Marash. This is the, where like we can get nice ingredients almost very close to Halab. Does it bother you that in, in Halab today or in Aleppo, you, you are having this issue of not being able to produce? Absolutely, absolutely. I would love to like, you know, my our dream to, you know, to back to Syria and, and do our uh, academy there. Where like you can find everything. The landscape has so many things to offer. To be honest, four seasons, richness of soil. Yeah. If you if you tell me like what is your dream, I will back to Syria one day, and I open my culinary school there and or Fali Bros Academy. It's not just about you know uh, working or like uh, preparing a new generation of chefs. No, it's about sustainability mm. back again to the roots back again to like where the ingredients came from and this is very, uh, it's very important things so many changes in this world they think about technique and how we can make my food uh, different textures and so much sophisticated things but they forget where the ingredients came from why don't we open open the orfanli bros academy here and bring young syrians and lebanese and egyptians and others and teach them i mean i'm saying just as an why not step. Yeah, why I mean, not we did why? it we, you know we, we st as orfanli bros business we started as master classes and academy. exactly yes. that's exactly why one not? way why of not it. why not why not um i would love to just to show what is out there, show these people also there's possibilities. Absolutely. And then Dubai, uh, you know, I don't know if you noticed that. Back to, you know, old days where like, we have, you know, the good thing about Dubai, you find everything. Yeah. The supply chain here is like, one very of the solid. one of like very solid very strong yeah if you need something from japan i remember like when i did a pop with tare i did uh, i, I ordered my sea urchin uh second days like you know it's two days production <laughs> you know we can find that but the same things you know the local produce yes is getting better i use listen my ingredients sourced from dubai you're from able UAE, to find 100 interesting i pay more but you're getting the quality you want. You know the the, the organic cucumber, thirty dirham per kg. Wow! But you're. What, I'm so happy because I find it like it's del more delicious and, it's and sustainable. Hundred percent. And then the second thing is that it support the farms. Then the the same time where and my ingredients has some energy because we believe food there is there is energy in ingredients. So when it's like the ingredients travel more than hundred miles, it loses that energy. Is energy different than nafas? 
Nafas is a big word, like, you know, time, New York <laughs> It's a very time, big like, word. Nafas, That's a whole different it, podcast no, that we should do. No, no, boss. But I'm, I'm interested to hear your view on that. Of course, boss. We like, always, all believe in nafas, right? Nafas means, for me, uh, one thing, energy. Mm. We're like, imagine like your mom cooking for you just to feed the kids. We're like, she just like, you know, it's a job. We're like, she's more than, than happy. We're like, the other mom, we're like, very happy, very curious to make it like more delicious. And she yeah. eat half of the, you know, that meal until like the kids try it because she season it, she work on it. So it's energy. My mom was definitely the first one. By the way. She <laughs> definitely was just feeding the kids, yeah. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> but I think like if she... Uh, a different like you know from from, from mom to other mom where no, like no, she's you know she's like come back from the work she's you know ah. she spent whole day and then just want to feed also. and you feel that translates into 100 so energy is important because you add more energy more more effort and then for me nafas is about seasoning interesting there are so many moms they know how to cook and the same time she match flavors and ingredients together and make her food delicious but seasoning is which is the most important things. What does mean seasoning? She try half of the you know she she eat half of the meal before like you know serve it to her kids or to her to her guest, where like she balance everything the sweetness, the sourness, the salt, the the umami like you know like this is this is nafas for me. So that's why when I cook in the restaurant I don't eat because I keep trying everything. Mm. And they keep like eating from morning until evening, one bite one from there, one spoon from there, one thing from there. And then I feel like, mom, I eat so many <laughs> things. But this is nafas. So energy, a lot of efforts, and seasoning. I think that's uh, the best definition I've heard of nafas. I'm going to yani, stop here. I don't think we can top that. <laughs> Muhammad, we wish you the best of luck. You Thank and your you. brothers, congratulations. Honestly, we're very proud of what you've done. Inshallah, a lot more to come. Thank and you. Uh, next time when we get together, it will be in your academy. Well, I, 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 I really want to do it. Yeah, I think it's a great because idea. Like, and because I would love to support it. The most challenging things for me from where I came, you know, 1994 when I started my culinary school was different than now. The, 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 the words change. You know, like I was really suffering and then struggling to find content, to find uh, uh, information. There is no internet. There is no social media. There is no cookbook. I don't speak English in that time. And I think that level of excellence needs to be preserved, which is why, to me, in academy, it does two things. One, you set this bar, uh, this bar high, which you already have. Two, you give possibility to a lot of people that don't have this possibility today. And one more thing, where like most of the culinary school, they teach you a French curriculum. Correct. And they forget... You know everything else. The the mother cuisine, my cuisine. Yes. So why have to learn uh, French cooking? And I don't know. I know nothing about Halabi cuisine. An example. Hundred percent. I agree. Hundred percent. And and that's what is needed here. Hundred percent. Because like food is identity, yeah. and personality. And then if you know Memory. you, memories History. and everything, yeah, of course. And I would love to. That's why I'm telling. Like, when I back to you know to Syria, we'll do, we'll do our academy there just to tell people like what we have. An incredible history, but no one knows about them. I agree. They become like hidden gem or like. An... We don't want it to be hidden gem. I mean, it needs yeah. to. It needs yeah. to be out there. Yeah. Now it's on the record, so we're gonna have to do it. Awesome. <laughs> Inshallah. Thank you. Muhammad. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Lighthouse Conversations with me, Hashem Montasser. We're produced by Chirag Desai, and our content director is Farah Sharif. Hashem.
If you've enjoyed this episode, please follow us on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Also, feel free to browse our extensive collection of previous episodes, which you can find on any of your podcast players, including Apple and Remy, Spotify and Google Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at thelighthouse underscore AE or send us an email at connect at thelighthouse.ae. And please share a link with your friends if you've enjoyed this episode.